Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of Walk From Home. Uh, Now before we uh, jump into the episode, I just wanted to point out that we recorded right before we got word out of Kentucky that they were not going to prosecute Breonna Taylor's murderers. And so we don't touch on it at all in this episode. Now you can listen to some of our previous episodes where uh, we've discussed uh, this uh, last episode. We talk about the settlement and then first couple of episodes, we talk about just the struggle of uh, black women and the movement and being protected and supported. So I'm sure we'll touch on this disappointing decision out of Kentucky. But before we hop into the episode, I just wanted to leave y'all with uh, just a couple of words. Um, liberty and justice for all. Scratch that. Most. Scratch that. Some. And Brianna deserved to be part of the all. Some of you are part of the all or the most. So you have no doubts that justice will find its way to you one way or the other. You didn't earn it, didn't work for it, didn't pay for it. You were born with liberty and justice. Brianna died not being a part of the all. Sandra died not being part of the all. Tamir Trayvon Philando, the countless nameless millions uh, in jail right now for just nonviolent drug offenses. The list goes on and on. While Mr. Affluenza and Mr. Bright Future had walked these streets freely, there has never been an all. At best, it's a sum, and that's why it feels so hopeless right now. It's why Louisville will burn because this black woman dies in her home when state-sponsored terrorists stepped inside her house uninvited and snuffed out her life and punctuated the end of her story with five or six bullets into her body. She deserved to be a part of the all. When they investigated her, she should have been part of the all. When they got the no-knock warrant off the flimsiest of justifications, she deserved to be part of the all. After they riddled her bullets, they tried to frame her with facts not in evidence to cover their mistake. When they paid $12 million to not admit they killed her unjustly, she deserved to be part of the all. And when they all but acquitted her killers, they reminded us that she was never part of the all. She stood up every day from first to sixth grade with her hand over her heart, looking at the flag and reciting the pledge. Little did she know that she was reciting a lie, that liberty and justice would not find her because she was not part of the all. So prayers to her family, prayers to the protesters in Louisville, prayers to every black woman I know, prayers to all the black women that I don't know, prayers to all the little black and brown kids in this country reciting a pledge that will potentially be broken by the very country they're pledging to. Prayers to everyone that doesn't understand that when you rebuttal with all lives matter, you only make sense when you recite the list of exceptions to that statement. Because Brianna's life didn't matter to this system. All isn't all, and all has never been all. And now, on to the podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is Eugene with Woke From Home. We got a special episode from y'all. We doing it from a live studio, and we got our girl Toyin. Yeah, she came in. She came in from Austin, so we can do this live and direct. Seba, what's going on? Man. Man, I'm excited, man. Good to see everybody. I know, I know. Toyin. Live and in the Look at you. <laughs> 
No, it also is a special episode because it's our first male guest. There it um, is. A person I've known for well, about 10 years, just off the way of playing flag football. No, it's just random conversations we have. And I was like, yeah, I think I need to break the male ice with, with, with this person, especially with the topics we're going to touch on. So, Chad, what's going on? Appreciate you coming on. Hello, hello. Thank you for having me. Uh, yes. <laughs> Clap. No, no. Not so, the hand I appreciate clap. It. Wow. Yes. I believe in fairness, okay? None of the female guests have I gotten know, so hand clapped. I know. Sorry, Amy, Antonette, Chanello, Bird. Above and beyond. <laughs> My bad. Okay. As a member of the 49% of Americans who's afflicted with the condition of having a Y chromosome, we will no longer tolerate. Oh, I thought you were going to say All right. Well. All right, Chad. Yeah, you know, uh, usually before we get going, we just have our guests, you know, just give a little spill about themselves and if you are registered to vote i am registered to vote okay um, at, least, at least some of us are yes i'm registered <laughs> to vote hope everybody else is so uh, you, you registered or hey i was looking at i'm getting them notifications on my instagram <laughs> and i'm like yo do they know i haven't done it yet like how why are they <laughs> We're looking at you. You're still, you're saying that you haven't got. Oh no, it's on my, it's on my to do list. But I was just like, uh, October is around the corner. All right, no, we got it, we got it. Don't worry about it. We'll do, we'll do it after this. Yo, man, this is the fight for our lives. <laughs> this is, this is. And with that said, no. So I'm registered to vote uh, again. Name's Chapman Darvis. I'm a resident of Dallas, Texas. Um, what else? Let's see. Y chromosome again. <laughs> I think we hear that. Yeah, that no, right. right. Okay, I just wanted to establish that again. Um, but yeah, a member of SMU's Black Alumni Board, as well as um, a nonprofit here in the area called the Peace and Conciliation Project, where we uh, do a bunch of different work along the lines of facilitating discussions on social issues, race issues. So okay. So and I, yeah, no, so. It's perfect. Yeah, we got a, we got an expert on the, uh, on nope. the topic. Imagine, nope. you know, black alumni board. You know, I wanted to go to SMU, but I didn't. That just means I have debt. That's uh, yeah, yeah, how it comes yeah. down to. <laughs> and I'm glad I didn't. I will, I will say this uh, about SMU, about going to a university in the city that you work in, mm. I mean, that you live in. Like, there's no better way to build, like, uh, contacts. Like, it's incredible. That's true. Yeah. That sounds so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. Didn't you, what, well, where'd you go to school? Let's not do this. Oh, okay. We, look look me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> That's Toy and T-O-Y. Don't spell it. Shoot up the DMs on LinkedIn. <laughs> Anyway, so jokes on you because my full name is on my LinkedIn. Bro, so I saw your full name on your uh, on your uh, Instagram, and I was just like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, O L. It's, yeah. it's, it's enough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so man, well, you know, just let's get right into it. Uh, over the past weekend, uh, we had an, uh, a very important, probably the most important death of 2020, in my opinion, when it comes to uh, the democracy of this country, um, Madam R B G. Uh, also known as Ruth Bader Ginsburg. 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 Yes, Ginsburg. You know, female feminist icon, uh, civil rights hero. Yep. Um, I mean, anybody that claims to be a feminist, I mean, if you don't know who this person is, then now wow for your life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <what? laughs> so I mean, if you have a credit card in your name, if you have property in your name, yeah. If you playing sports, yeah. are you coaching sports? I mean, if you just if you got a job, this is the person that you need to give props to. Yeah, um, at, not even only as a woman, but as a just a any type of just a person. minority. Yeah. Honestly, um, yeah. she's the one that had your back when you didn't even know it. Um, 
you know, we'll let our uh, our fem- feminists in the house uh, go ahead. <laughs> no, and men can be feminists. Everybody's too. a feminist. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. But so are you saying you're not a feminist? Yeah. No, or? no. We've already established that I'm I'm all for the empowerment of women. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I mean, I don't think there's much more that you can say as far as like her impact for women, but just in general. I think, you know, you have you had in her someone that was really fighting for, I think, the truth in the heart of democracy. Um, and but I mean, I'm, but I mean, I think we all saw this coming like she's she was very elderly. We mm-hmm. knew that she was, you know, holding on to the very end. I think it's very appropriate that they made a movie about her, yeah. her, yeah. her biopic uh, before she passed and everything like that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm really concerned for what the future has to hold and what it looks like. Um, I really hope I know that in similar in uh, situations where we had a conservative judge that passed um, before a, a new president was elected, there was a lot of calls for, you know, waiting and holding that nomination for the next president. And I really hope that we can somehow prevail in this area as well. Uh, but I know that already, you know, they've, you know, the same people that were calling for, you know, abstaining from. Elect, uh, appointing a new judge have already started flip flopping and saying yeah. that we need to fill this space. And I, right. mm-hmm. you know, because the Senate—I mean, not the Senate, sorry—because the Supreme Court is a lifetime appointment. Hey, it's it's really important <laughs> that we get someone that is going to fight for people, all people, not just for their own kind. Which right. I think that a lot of conservative judges, male judges very much fall into that. And as a woman, I think a lot of men fail to understand the the issues that women face because this is a patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Um, so regardless of race, you have that power dynamic that's happening and you're benefiting from that system. And to have her there fighting for, for women, for the rights of women to be able to, you know, live as free citizens. I mean, we, we're, we don't have that voice. I mean, there's other women that are in uh, the Supreme court that are pro women, but uh, you know, that's she, just, she was the first. Yeah. Yeah. She really, I mean, she really fought and she really pushed the boundaries. And I mean, yeah, it's a hard, it's tough. Yeah. Chad? Man, I think it's particularly tough when you consider like the work she actually put in to hang on. Seeing these pictures of her on (laughs) yoga balls and whatnot, lifting weights. And, you know, meanwhile, it's the middle of a pandemic. And I'm like, shoot, I ain't really hit the gym or anything in a minute. So, (laughs) yeah. But, uh, yeah, you, what you said at the top, this is certainly the most consequential death. Yeah. Um, particularly for this period of time that we're in right now, some X amount of what, 40 to 46 days until the election. Mm-hmm. Um, and to Toyin's point, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how the energy changes up, right? When, uh, I guess I, you, you would normally say it's no fun when the, when the, when the rabbit has the gun, but yeah. this is like the hunter getting another gun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> You yeah. know, I've never heard that. It's no fun. It ain't no fun when the rabbit got the gun. I like that. Yeah, that's that's, that's when it turns around. But yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think there's another one uh, with Snoop. Ain't no fun. You know what I mean? Hey, it's 2020. I'm not trying to be <laughs> this on your podcast. Uh, <laughs> do not let me be the first male guest in the last. <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing, but I'm gonna have to Google that. Right yeah. now. Mm, don't, don't, don't. Yeah, don't. Might, Just yeah. listen. It was a different time. Back yeah, yeah. Right now. I, I'll put you on after, <laughs> yeah. after we get off. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, in all seriousness, you also brought a point. Uh, I mean, you know, I identify as a feminist as well, but far be it from me as a man to tell any woman, you know, who they should look up to and who they shouldn't. But her impact on this culture or excuse me, on this country is undeniable. 
And even the symbolism of her just holding that position for little girls of all races and ethnicities and backgrounds to be able to look to, um, to have a record that would seemingly have consistently been on the right side of history. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, that says a lot, and I think that says a lot in today's day and age, and she'll greatly be risked. Um, so rest in power to her, and uh, as you had said on a previous episode, as we all know from Nip, the marathon continues. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, man. Um, I think you guys have said everything. Um, I think one of the – I think kind of what we already know is that uh, Trump is going to put up a nominee. What we already know is that the Republicans fight dirty. What we already know is that – uh, if you're a, a Democrat or a liberal or whatever, if that's how you identify, then like take notes, right? Like in 2016, we should have taken note of what they were going to do when she was like something was going to happen in this term that was going to throw off the balance of the court. Um, and that kind of brings up the point that we made, you know, three episodes ago about the <laughs> about the age limit. Man. Like, <laughs> it, it's it's wild that her like this singularly. Yeah. Her her death is literally the the most important thing to happen to this democracy. Like one single person's passing, it will reshape what this country is going to be for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And it's years. happening on Trump's watch. On Trump's yeah. watch, right? So he, so he gets, and, and, I, and, you know, there's some stories you can go back and read about, you know, 2012, 2013, when there was like this big push to have her resign. In 2012, right, 2013, because th- we kind of saw the the path, right? She was already having a little bit of health issues. Mm-hmm. She was strong. Her brain was strong. Her mind was strong. She was still like the gatekeeper for the liberal side of the court. Um, but you know, the writing's on the wall, right? You don't know in 2012 if if Obama's going to win. Once Obama wins, then you need to start making plans to solidify your legacy. Obama doesn't have a legacy on the court now. He was president for eight years, mm-hmm. right? And so now. He didn't get to replace RB, RBG. Uh, Merrick Garland, like the, the the justice that died on his term that he should have replaced, didn't get confirmed by this Senate, mm-hmm. right? And so now when a, so now a president, you know, we've had what three Democratic presidents since? Oh no, we've had sixteen years of Democratic presidents since nineteen ninety, and we but the country doesn't look like that. Right. And now if Trump gets his uh, nominee. It's going to be six three conservative uh, liberal. Right. So the future of the country doesn't look like the country that we're in. And all of this, I'm saying uh, this is a long way of saying this is not the like we, we, we celebrate American idealism, but this can't be the answer. Like we are not as good as we think we are. If this is the case, if the court is a six, 60, what, 67 percent. I don't know. My math is, is a little funny, but 67 percent of the court doesn't represent the rest of the country. Wow. You know what I mean? And that's going to be that case until somebody else. Dies, dies or, re, or, or yeah, resigns. dies or resigns, and they don't resign. And they don't no. resign. They, they die. die. They, they die, die sitting at that seat. Yep. So because I think they feel like it's it's up to them. Yeah. Because it is a lifetime appointment to get to that place in your career to where you would even be a name that would be thrown into the ring for yeah. a Supreme Court justice. And these people, I think, I don't think they're all bad. I think they're idealists, but their idealism is informed by their own experiences right. and worldview. Yeah, for sure. That doesn't necessarily update as quickly as we update, right? right. Like the yeah. country itself, right. right? But some of these people, you also got to realize that the political side where it's almost like you have to hold the power for whatever, whatever uh, party that you represent. Like some of these people, they're just there just so they can uphold the power of the Republican or Democrat party, whoever is in charge. Right. Like, one thing that people should consider real quick, though, is that, like, these are these people's jobs. 
And like most people who have a certain job, whether we should do this as Americans or not, but our society kind of conditions us to where your identity begins to be shaped by the position that you hold, like the job that you have. Right. So these people are not excluded from that. Like we may have all the different uh, ideals of, of how they should operate and how they should move. And like when you mentioned possibly resigning in 2012, schematically, like that's an excellent idea. But unfortunately, we're sports fans, everybody in here, I'm sure. It's no different than one of your favorite athletes or one of your favorite entertainers, like not hanging it up. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it's what they know. It's what they've done. It's who they have become, who they are. Yeah. You know, make no mistake. It isn't just about holding up the idea. Like if we if we look at the uh, the right or conservatives and Republicans as the opposition, it isn't so much that they stay in those positions to uphold that these people. Excuse me. These people believe what they believe in every bit as much as we believe in what we believe in. Yeah. Right yeah. now, they may be wrong. They are wrong. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the fact of the matter is, like they believe in that and. They believe in it to their dying day. Like right. somewhere that person may not be on the Supreme Court right now. Um, we'll see what happens. But please believe there's a conservative judge that's willing to put in the same kind of work RBG was putting in yeah. with her trainer yeah. and everything yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they have their same people who are, you know, you, you hear people on the left who are wanting to maybe uh, kind of weekend at Bernie's. RBG or whatnot, like let's just keep her around. (laughs) There are people on the right that want to do the same thing. Yeah, they want to do the same thing. So again, that's it. Kind of leaves us in the position that we're in now. But I mean, I feel like uh, so when we're we're getting pre uh, (laughs) we're getting pregame margaritas, and and you you mentioned something that like I hadn't thought about right, and when you said something to the effect of like there's no job that should have a lifetime appointment no um forgive me i can't remember who said it real quick whether it was toyin whether it was eugene but yeah the way humans operate um at least this model this beta whatever version of humanity we're on right now um or even more specifically as americans because a lot of this is how our society conditions us we are not conditioned to um update with the times yeah Mm -hmm. so much of the social struggle that you see now has to do with a great part of our nation not wanting to update with the times. We have a president who ran on not wanting to update with the times. That's the whole yeah. point of MAGA. Yeah. Yeah. This romanticized notion of going back to like the 50s and this place that was so great for so many. Obviously, everybody in this room right now and people who look like us, not quite. Toya, yeah, not- for people of your gender, not at all. Yeah. Right? right? Um, but again, like, Humans are not adapt or are not at, equipped to to update with the time. So listen, I, in, in, in 1783 um, or whatever the Constitution was ratified, that might have been a wonderful idea. In yeah. 2020, I can't think of a damn position, certainly not within one of the three branches of government. But I can't think of any position where somebody yeah, should be around the know, whole time. And it makes sense when at, at that time in 17, in the 1770s for them to have said like, yeah, we should have a lifetime appointment because they were 13 colonies fighting the tyranny of the yeah. British. And so it makes sense for them to th- to say like, oh, this is what we're going to do. Or maybe this was the Constitution, not, not 1770. That's the Declaration of Independence. Right, but right. Dates, yeah. whatever. But, you know, <laughs> um, you know, it makes sense because they were all kind of in one accord fighting for the same thing, which was freedom from the British, an enemy. Right. right. Today, we are we are completely free within our own borders Number one power in the world, right? But allegedly, with, allegedly, <laughs> watch out for China, yeah. Russia. Um, but we don't we don't have 
like a homogenous view about how anything. about Man. anything. Yeah. Population looks a lot different now than it used to. A yeah. lot different. And if nothing else, I'll charge some of that up to the game about, you know, lifetime appointments and really just the structure of our government. Mm-hmm. Um a lot of that was done coming off of, like you mentioned, Toyin, that was coming off of beating the British. We just won our independence from, like, a major world power. Yeah. Probably the feeling kind of good. Like, that's kind of heavy. Yeah. yeah, the world power. You know, yeah. the sun never sets on the British Empire. Yeah. Two-thirds of the world, but we still, got that. Still, still don't. Yeah, still don't. <laughs> still don't. I just heard the other day that, like, Barbados is getting rid of uh, Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> 2020, right? Yeah, you know? But, but again, um, that just is not for today. Yeah. It's not. For so many reasons. Look, y'all, you listeners out there, clown me when I said that we need to put a a, a voting limit, age limit. Here we are. (laughs) Not even listeners. I clown. (laughs) But here we are. Now, now, now you have, uh, you know, you. How, how how old was RBG when she got appointed? It was she was she was appointed six, in 1993, so that would have been 27, 27 years ago. She was so, 89 now, yeah, so, so 63. She was, yeah, she was already retirement age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she should have already been going on vacations <laughs> and, and taking care of her and doctor. putting in extra work, bro. And I I don't know. It's just um, it's just really like to me, it's just very hard to kind of connect that right with the you know you know you look at the Supreme Court. It's a it's a wonderful idea. Like it's you know it's it's actually like a great system of ju- of, of governance. But they're the weakest and the strongest of the three branches, right? Because they're appointed by a president, they can stay forever. They're stronger than everybody else, right? But because they can't, you know, they they uh, they they depend on somebody coming to them with a problem, so they can't you know affect change in a way that's like set fast enough. Or, mm-hmm. uh, but their power is immense because they could literally die on the bench, yep. right? And I and I think that when you have a position like that, you know, the president has a vice president, right? So like right now we're voting for Joe Joe Biden, but you know, part of our decision is also to vote for. Kamala, right? Because yeah. we have to, you know, interpret if she's good enough to be the president as well. Right. We should have the same system. We should have the same system for the when you're appointing somebody who could die on the bench, you know, because they they die in power. Yeah, you know. And now we have to go through this rigmarole of Trump picking somebody <laughs> who, you know, what I mean, it's just like, um, yo, man, it, it's it's wild, man. Like every, every 2020 has made me re like question from scratch. Like all of the idealism that I ever held about this country completely. Mm. I have to re-examine everything. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it and, makes sense. And, because- oh, sorry, not to cut you off. And the Democratic Party. The party as, a, as an institution is, is weak. It doesn't read the room. It, it 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 they should have fought like hell in twenty in twenty in twenty sixteen. Said it once, yeah, and I will say it again. I think like people listening to this podcast, you may think that we are all like die hard Democrats. <laughs> I cannot speak for Siba. I cannot speak for Gene. I can't speak for Chad. I can speak for myself to let y'all know that I'm not. I'm not blind. Yeah. Like the Democrat mm-hmm. Party, they haven't done a lot Anything. because at the at the at the very core, politics is a white person's game. Yeah. Mm. And as a person of color, yes, you can get involved. You can be in politics, but everybody moves to to the rhythm that that benefits them. Period. And the way that politics is set up, the way that the system is set up, it incentivizes people to back themselves. Whether you're liberal, conservative, mm-hmm. so. That's why I don't I don't necessarily have a problem with people that are that are black or identify as, you know, a minority that want to align themselves with a conservative party 
and maybe try to get influence in that way because Democratic Party hasn't really delivered anything. And they really think that, oh, we're going to go put on this kente cloth and kneel. (laughs) Like They think that we're not paying attention. And I think that there needs to be more criticism because they're really not getting it done. They're not. I thought it was Photoshop when we saw that when we saw oh, that, so did I. when we dropped that picture in our group, I was like, is this, is this real? It's real. Like, they can't read the room. They, no. they are so used yeah. to just automatically getting the votes from people that are that are the most marginalized people in society, whether they, they're black, whether they're Hispanic, whatever. They're so used to getting the votes that they don't feel the need to actually push for progress for any of those constituents. Just groups. do any work besides. And, hey. and we not we not we see what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, I mean t- 2018, right? There's a Senate election every two years, right? Like somebody's up, right? Yep. Um, I never heard anything about the Supreme Court in 2018 when from from uh, the Democrats at all, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but at at that point, like literally, if you were in any state that was up for uh, a Senate race, like Texas was with uh, with uh, Beto and and, uh, and, Cruz. and Cruz, right? Yeah. Um, like that should have just been the 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 marching orders, right? So you look at somebody like Mitt Romney, who in 2016, like everybody calls this guy a moderate, you know, Susan Collins. Like these are moderate, reasonable people that you can just, you know, have a conversation with. They're not crazy. They're, you know, you agree with a lot of the stuff that they say. But for them, like the singular issue that matters to them over everything is the Supreme Court because they know the power of the court. Right. Mm -hmm. And so here you go. This guy's. I saw his statement today was a word salad as to why he would, you know, <laughs> put up Trump's nominee for a vote yeah. when he didn't do that for Obama, Obama. In, in 16. Right. Because it doesn't matter. Truth doesn't matter. Facts don't matter. No. The, the your life, your life doesn't matter. I don't matter. Gold Nothing Gold matters, matters except for the Supreme Court because of the power that they know that it has. And so Democrats for, for the last 50 years have not had have not seen that have not fought on those terms. Like we have a hundred issues that we're really good at. Right. But we are not good at any one issue like the, like the Republicans are on the Supreme court. And that's why we're going to stay steady losing or they're going to stay steady losing right to kind of separate from this. I'm not a registered (laughs) Democrat, but um, you know, like, like climate change, that's something that we could have, we could have, Treated climate change like they treat the the Supreme Supreme Court voting rights, voting rights, LGBTQ uh, rights, just all of yeah. all of the healthcare. Healthcare. you know, like yeah, all they, of these big parts of American life. We could have treated those things like they treat um, uh, the Supreme Court, and real change would have been affected. But you have the Affordable Care Act, which was uh, you know a, a a big deal. But I promise you, if a Republican Wanted universal health care. It would have happened. It would have already happened. With, with no pushback, man. It would have already happened. But we had a Democratic House, Senate, and a president in 08. And we have like a watered down version of it because we're not as, I, I don't even know what the word is. Ruthless. Yeah, yeah. Forceful. Ruthless. Yeah. 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 Political. Try to yeah. be, yeah. Try to be nice. Try to be nice. Trying to follow the rules. But yeah. trying to pretend that you're nice. Because, to, in, I mean, one could argue that very few people. Your chair is moving. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it, it is moving because I've been trying to tell Shut you. Shut up. <laughs> um, 
But it's because I'm shifting in my seat. All right, gotcha. Um, but, you know, I forgot my, my mother. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I was going to say, though, that um, Barack Obama, Obama, not Obama, Obama, <laughs> he, did, um, he did have a justice that he put through. So to my own. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was in president. He was in power for eight years. So yeah. he should have had, had two. But so much of it, and this is only to shoot the Democrats a degree of bail. Like, coming from somebody who used to work a Democrat for a Democratic member of Congress, and someone who's voted Democrat throughout any time I've voted. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, like it is not a gang gang thing for me. The Democratic Party is a means to an end. As yeah. far as I'm yeah. Yeah. And frankly, since we do have this two party uh, system here, just there just trash. has not been, trash. which trash. is an entirely different point on, of itself. But it's <laughs> trash, exactly. Um, there's just never been somebody who has been a Republican. Like I do not identify with conservative ideals and a conservative ideology, and that's mm-hmm. what's peddled out every time. So therefore, I'm never going to vote. Yeah. For somebody who's doing that. Um, but to shoot them a little bit of bail, so much of like picking Supreme Court justices has to do with who dies when you're in office or not. To your point, Obama was in office for eight years. Trump has been in office for three years and X amount of months, and this will now be his third pick. And that's because two people died and one resigned. Yeah. And a, a lot of it, you it's know, the is, the it's the luck of the draw. Yeah. Now, if people really want to get... Mm. you know, political about uh-huh. it, then yes, maybe you could start speaking to judges and asking them to um, to resign or leave. But the only problem that you have with that, though, is that we're well aware that this is not what it is, but the court is supposed to be absent of any politics. Right. But it's not. It's not. There's a it's lot not. of lot of offices or departments within our government that are supposed to be absent. Supposed to. Supposed yeah. to be. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Listen, but they're not. For the right uh, price, our AG is the for prime the right, example. The right. For the right price, Anybody can stand for anything. Yeah, yeah, and anything That's can be politicized in this country. Those masks <laughs> were politicized in this country. They just were. saying Black Lives matter. matter, matter, just just matter. Nothing more, nothing less. Just just matter has been politicized. So, like you, I mean, and human, we're working with human beings. Like people can try as they might to be objective, but nobody is fully objective. No, so right. the whole premise of that is just stupid. So put controls in place. Mm. So that you can you can control for literally when you have an experiment, you control for certain aspects that Mm -hmm. you already know are going to be a part of the equation. Mm -hmm. Control for the fact that people are not objective, try as they might and and do what you got to do. I would even be more respectful of parties that said, like, if Democrats were like, listen, I'm going to need you to go ahead and resign so that we can (laughs) put this person in so they can serve for the next 40 years. Yeah. Gang, gang, let's do it. Yeah. Like, it is what it is. I, I bet you they don't do it, though. But they're not. And then the other thing, too, is I guess, you know, if someone resigns and you you have a whole, you know, there's hearings, there's a whole, like, ratification process that you have to go through. So, I mean, you are running the risk that someone is not going to ratify your candidate. But if you have control of the House, the Senate, right. you know, then do that shit. Yeah. That's the smart thing yeah. to do. Yeah. If you're going to be a, a politician, then be a fucking politician. Like. Yeah. I feel like there's maybe so many bleeding heart Democrats that are not trying That's to be what smart. It is. Use your head, bro. That's Man. what the conservatives the, are doing. The tough thing, though, is is that the Democrats are tasked with, uh, given our current political like positioning, being the adults in the room. Well, they need to be adults. I, I get it. They need to be, be the children. They need to be adults. <laughs> I get it. You can be an adult and still be and still be shrewd, man. I I think uh, that's yeah. absolutely true. You just got to be more crafty, more calculating. You, you calculate yeah. because that's what politics is. Good politicians are calculating for sure. And that that's what that's the system that we have. Yeah. And that's what you need to do. 
Somebody yeah. pointed out that the court would be better if it was a uh, eight instead of nine. That you have, if you had an even number, then somebody would have to compromise. Somebody yeah. would have to make their case. The only problem with that. I foresee is that like, all right, if we got this even number of eight and we're looking for compromise and we're hoping that there's a distribution of like four and four for liberal yeah. conservative. Mm-hmm. So if we keep getting four, four decisions, like most part, the major landmark decisions we see are five, four, right. had been five. Yeah. Right? So right, like right. they're about to be six, three in the wrong. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> but had previously been five, four. Yeah. Well, if you, if you just have them be four, four, then what ends up happening is it just goes back down to whatever the lower court's position yeah, was. Yeah. And that still ends up being a matter of politics. Cause right now the majority of your like lower courts oh, yeah. are probably going to be Republican held yeah. Yeah. or conservative, yeah. you know, judges. So if, if again, you're a conservative judge, you just need the other three people to do that. And yeah. if it goes four, four, boom, it just goes back down. Yeah. So. Yeah. Good point. Listen, we just need term limits on everything. Exactly. And age limits on everything. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, when Steve was saying that at first, I thought maybe, I don't know, but as I'm starting to like really, really think about it, it's crazy. We got some old ass people in government. <laughs> it's crazy how it's just unfolding. Like it's been like two, three, four different different occasions since you dropped them. Like it just makes too much sense. It makes too much sense. Yeah. It makes too much sense. Like how how somebody seventy uh, we don't speaking for me. Listen, How's that even make sense? We don't need you to We're be not even in the it, House of Representatives for twenty for twenty years. It's okay. Even do if something you else. Fish. do something else. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> they already do, do it on their off time anyway. You yeah. can do it full time. Full time. Write a book. Yeah. I have one question for Seba. Yeah. Will you keep this energy when you're seventy? What I do what? Will you keep the same energy when you're 70? Yeah, so, that, I mean, that's a good point, right? Like, <laughs> <laughs> And it's a bunch of young whippersnappers. Yeah. That's, a, that's a great point, man. I, honestly, like, I hope somebody plays this back for me. You know I, mean? like I hope somebody was like, yo, 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 whoa, hold on now. Uh, oh, oh, man, you said this back in 2020. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, even, even then, right, like, when we start talking about the shape of the future of this country, right, like, it doesn't make sense for that story to be written by 75 year olds, you know, 80 no. year olds. It doesn't 86 year olds like uh, RBG was, you know, and I, I think the court that it's done. So sure. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely yeah. not, you know, and I think the court right now, I mean, we have uh, Roberts uh, and Kavanaugh are, I think they're the youngest and they're both like knocking on 60. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, you know, at 60 at my company, like people are looking for their way out. Yeah, but these dudes are just getting started. But at the same time, I think, you know, if you think about some of the this is kind of pop culture, but if you think about some of the shows that have come out recently about like extending the life of of, um, you know, of of people, of human beings, like how people are living longer, Mm -hmm. uh, they're living longer, younger, longer. So you have these 60, 70 year old people that are running marathons and doing all this stuff for them. I mean, if you think about it, 20 years into the future, you know. I think that's a very great point. Like, where would we be at 70? Like, yeah. I would, I said this in the episode that we talked about this, that, you know, when I'm 75, I'll be damned if somebody tells me, like, oh, grandma, or you don't know what you're talking about. Because <laughs> you're so old. You know, so I think, I mean, I think there's a balance there. There's but I, not, I see, I disagree. No, I, don't I think, think there's, there's a ba- balance there's there not. in the sense that I think there should be term limits. But if you decide at 65, you know, if I want to vote a 65-year-old into some office for oh. two years, that's totally fine. It's their constituents that choose that person. Right? I feel. I feel like. So, the, like, okay. So I have but a compromise. You should still have a limit. No, I have a compromise. Then whatever your age is, that's the percentage of the vote that you need to get to win that. that, <laughs> that you know, I'm, I'm okay with that. So if you're 90. 
95. 95% of the vote. Yeah. Oh, you 65? Okay, that's fine. Get 65. I think so. Unless you like your census, like if your average age is around that age, I get that. If you represent in the people you represent are like around your age, then okay, cool. You yeah. can be 65. People are going to accuse us of ageism. No, that's listen, that's fine, <laughs> hey, man. Like, yeah. I, look, there's, I know it's a, it's a, it's a, and we got to wrap this up, I understand, but it's, I, no one has made a credible argument to me as to why we shouldn't put a limit. And that's fair, I think. Can I say know? one thing to Captain? Okay, somebody's about to make an argument. No, 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 it ain't right an argument. It ain't an argument. We're short on time. It ain't an argument, I promise. <laughs> The energy behind all of this, like, I agree, I disagree on some of The energy is everybody wants to see something that's more uh, representative mm-hmm. of what our nation country. actually looks like. Yes. And the fact of the matter is that right now, at all levels of government, it's too old and it's too white. Yeah. yeah. There's yeah. nothing wrong with being white. There's Hashtag nothing wrong with being old. So white. But, white. yeah, like, <laughs> that is not what the country looks like yeah. now in 2020. Too rich, too male, yeah. too, too old. White. To, uh, yes, yeah. Yeah. and if you're gonna have a country in which like real change that affects real people happens, you have to change that. You yeah. have to find a way. Yeah, I think sure. that's a good cap. It is a good that. cap. Give me the give me the air horns then. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> These people get in the studio. <laughs> hey, have you had to deal with the privileged, and they didn't believe the plight of a black person? No, that wasn't a real question because everyone has. Who are we kidding? But it so happens that there's a way to show them the other side. Well, take them to Make America Great Amusement Park. Here, they are actually the minorities, and they get to walk in the shoes of a black person. The only experience operating room right now is the justice room. Here, they get overcharged with a petty crime, get judged by their peers, which is a jury of nothing but minorities, and get over-sentenced with life. The twist is when they get into prison, they are with real inmates, and we get to tell them that they hate blacks to give them an authentic vibe during their stay. The privileged experience is currently under construction, but I'm hearing that any minority that comes starts with a million dollars and five I plead the fifth cards. Please check out Make America Great Amusement Park today. Now back to walk from home. All right. So uh, this next topic, uh, I thought it was very spicy because I know when we brought it up, we're like, hmm, I wonder how we can how we can attack this. Um, but, you know, let's just let's just dive head in. So within like the times that we're going in right now, one of the conversations I've been having, like my brother in law, my wife, my friends, is the whole segregation, integration, inclusion. Was right. it worth the trouble to be included in everything did was the fight worth it because if you look at the times are now it's yeah we're included but are we really included right like that was my question i was like we included everything yeah no you have like the whole fight for segregation like it's not right this and that so okay so we we integrated nice. but you still go through, I mean, you can go everywhere and you can still see like everything is still separated in a sense. Like majority of your friends, if you went to a white school, for instance, you probably, you probably surrounded yourself with majority of minorities if it wasn't black, um, just cause you felt more comfortable. I didn't at first. 
I went to a PWI and I I tried to be in the group mm. amongst the whites. Yeah, and it didn't work. I mean, it worked for a while, but then when the, when stuff started to come out, you know, because I was in college when Obama was going through presidency and stuff like that, mm-hmm. second term, things like that. Um, and then I was not in college, but I was still in the same college town that I went that I was in whenever Trump was uh, going through his whole when it was Hillary versus Trump. And that's when I realized, yo, like they may there's people that say they're your fr- they're your friends. And they like really f with you, but they actually don't. Right? Yeah, they yeah. just don't see you as black like that. Yeah, so I'm not one of them. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't see you. They don't see you as a, one of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. they're comfortable with you, but on the whole, they don't really fuck with black people like right, that. Right. Yeah. So that was when I was really open my eyes to see, like, man, you could be apart, but you never really apart. Yeah. I'm sorry. I really, I feel like. That's my lived experience. I would mm. really go down to my grave with that energy. Yeah. As far as my life so far, I just feel like no matter how in the group you are, you're never really in the group. Because when the time comes for people to pick sides, they're not going to pick your side. No. That's, that, that has been my experience yeah. so far. So my, uh, my first question for this would be, did integration actually work? Well, we'll start with our guest. Yeah. 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 Sorry, Chad, what do you think? <laughs> um, did integration work? Um, in the short-sighted view that it was intended to, sure. Integration as far as what I'm more of a proponent of, I know we had discussed this previously, integration, what it truly should be, which is a two-way street, which, is about, which should be more about um, shared resources than exclusively about busing bodies of people right. from one uh, environment to another. Right. Uh, no, that's not at all what happened. And for those who, you know, kind of asked the question about, well, were we better off under segregation? I, I think that's kind of a romanticized notion when you consider so many of the bad things uh, that also took place. It was in fact, not separate and equal. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I feel like that's a little bit of a romanticized notion, but uh, I will say that as it went down, you know, there's a whole generation of black doctors, black nurses, black uh, teachers that after Brown versus board yep. that lost out. Right. Because now we're sending kids to the to the white schools or the quote unquote good schools, which mm-hmm. are really just good because they have more resources, not because mm-hmm. they're white. Yep. Not anything else. They have more resources. You know, we missed out on that. Um, but I am of the belief that, you know, our perspectives are, are better informed when you're around people who don't look like you and yeah. you get to learn new and different things. Yeah. So I'm a proponent for integration, of course, in that regard. But as it was, you know, done where it was like, uh, we're talking away here. It was like, fine, damn. Like, no, no, there, there needed to be a lot more done than that. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into why that didn't happen. And there's a whole host of reasons why, I think but it's pretty simple. I think that if black communities, that were really doing something. So, so you think about Black Wall Street. I think that if those communities had been left alone to thrive. And not destroyed. And not destroyed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Then maybe we could say like segregation would have worked or it was a good thing. But as far as every example that we've seen to our history to this point, any black community that's thriving, that has economic power, that's functioning as its own, that's successful and functioning separate from white society they have systematically 
destroyed. Yep. Right. Yep. So we really don't have an example of a good of a good of a good ex- ex- experiment like that in this country because they don't allow them to survive. They literally choke the life out of them or literally choke the lives out of the people yeah. to prevent them from thriving. So we don't have an option but integration because segregation right. and yeah. success in segregation is not allowed in this country. So you know we we go to board uh, v uh, Brown v board. And uh, coming uh, out of that whole decision, uh, I was listening to a podcast where uh, the Brown, who was in that case, was speaking at uh, the University of Michigan about five, 10 years ago. And essentially uh, she pointed out, right, that so right now, like research shows, right, like that if you're if you're a black, especially a black male, right, like the most the singular most impactful thing for your education in elementary and middle school and high school is is having a black teacher. Right. Like that's the thing that drives you towards success. Yes. <laughs> that's the thing. That <laughs> I'm on. <but. laughs> Let's take away Shout your control. <laughs> that, that's the thing. That, that's the thing that drives you towards just like the, that, that narrows the achievement gap like significantly. And it's simple, right? Like black kids, when they get into white spaces are treated like animals, you know, like they are the ones who are suspended and not and not given second chances. They're mm-hmm. the ones who uh, uh, they're not going to throw them in gifted and talented, uh, uh, you know, courses just by nature of the, their skin color. Right. And so, you know, each year the the gap gets exasperated. So if you have a black kid in element, if you have a black teacher in elementary school, that gap is is never widens. Right. And so what happened with board uh, to your point, Chad, is that like we lost this generation of teachers, of yep. black teachers. Right. And so uh, what it's, it's so wild that in, 2020, right? Like black kids, like as far as education is concerned, are further behind comparatively than they were in the 40s and the 50s. And the reason is if you went to school as a black person, you essentially became a teacher or you work for NASA or you joined the military, right? You didn't have a lot of options. And so like we had all this, the, 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 the best of us became teachers. Yeah. Right. And that greatness was passed on to these kids right and and board uh board v brown took that away right so they took these college educated teachers these people who were brilliant in whatever field they were in uh, and they took those kids out of that environment and threw them into an environment where they were just like sit in the back yep. don't make no noise don't be disruptive yep. you know what i mean like well, i'm not going to co- teach you you're well, not well, smart you're anyways. not smart enough I'm, i don't yeah. know how to and so like to me like that's like when i think about like the impact of integration and segregation i'm like i would have liked to see at that point, right, where separate but but equal was being discussed, where we thought about that singular point, right? Like, is there a way to make to, it equal? To, to, yeah, to this point where it's just like it's a two way street. It's like, OK, that's fine. It's not just white teachers that are going to keep the job. We're going to send black teachers to white schools yeah. where we're sending our white kids because that's the most like I, I remember every single black teacher that I had growing up and they've all been impactful in just making sure that I didn't get lost. You know what I mean? The other part of that equation also is that you could have been sending young white students to black, black schools no, yeah. to learn from That's black right. and you teachers. Know that was hey. And when I look at what's going around in 2020 and what has been going around for decades since Brown v. Board in 54, um, we'd probably be in a lot better of a place from a position of like, you know, so just society as a, at, at large, if you had had that, where you had white students coming into black communities so on and so forth. Now, why that didn't happen is obvious. Like, you didn't even want us drinking from the same water fountain as you yeah, Like, the, the day before water. Brown versus the board. See, for damn sure, we're going to send your kids over to our schools. Right. But again, that's a two-way street. That's what would have been, I, I think, most desirable. 
um, and would have put us all at a better place. But unfortunately, it didn't work out like that. Yeah. Yeah. Or has not worked out like that. Yeah. For me, I didn't. Integration, it was a, like you say, it was a good idea. But, and they just kind of threw it like, oh, yeah, you can go to our schools now. Like, I don't even yeah. know if it's fair to call what took place integration. Yeah. And, and yeah. I, I'm keeping yeah. up for integration because I'm like, no, 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 I want to give it a bad name. But, yeah. like, that wasn't integration at all. Well, that was just a continuing of the same systemic injustice that takes place at a political level. Yeah. Um, at schools where you're talking about healthcare, yeah. so on and so forth. Like all of that is rooted in the same kind of supremacy. Yeah. And yeah. it changes over time, no differently than racism has changed over time. Like right. you don't have the de jure, you know, legislated segregation that you used to. Yeah. Right? Now it's just de facto. Yeah. Yeah. So like for me, like they allowed us to go share and share spaces with, with other different races or whatnot, but nothing inside the actual framework of the country changed. Right. So what did you really do? Can you live in those spaces? Yeah. yeah. Redlining yeah. continued Red, on. Yeah, exactly. Infrastructural segregation exactly. continues to this day. We look at South Dallas. That is not at all what North Dallas and Highland Park looks like. No, it's these not. These people left South Dallas, right? Oak Cliff, Kessler Park, all these places where, where wealthy white people live. They saw black people Moving up, moving up north, and they went and created their own white flight. Created their <laughs> own like their own community, right? It's like how how their own is its own it's yeah. its own entity municipality inside of Dallas, yeah. right? That that essentially was just like the the separation, like to separate from black people. Yeah, yeah, yeah like and again, like the Frank, like they built all the rules. So what did you include us in? Like you didn't change anything in the constitution. Nothing in the anthem. You still have like That's a good point. Like yeah. nothing changed. Like you still have redlining. We still talked about the the social economic uh, system that's in place that still holds us down. You still have the schools that that are still. You have all your black people, black and minorities in one school with no resources. Yep. And again, that goes back to redlining. Like yep. if you don't have any money in your in your uh, in your district, you're not going to have no resources. Yeah, right. And then on top of that, you still have uh, the policing. We can go back to where, where, how policing even started. Yep. And you go to the politics. Politics, there's nothing There's nothing there for us. That's why you don't. we don't see anybody of our ilk there. Yep. Like, there's no incentive. And, uh, and like, the discussion I was having with my, my, with my uh, brother-in-law is that he, wanted to, he wants to go back. He thinks that this was a bad idea. We should have stayed separated. And... My question was, okay, so if you go back, like, let's say in 2020, we just go back. We we separate from from white people. Mm -hmm. Are you going to commit to buying black? Are you going to commit to to what uh, what Malcolm X believed in, which is you you build within your uh, your community and you protect it at all costs? That's what he believed in. And people didn't believe in that because they didn't believe in the protect at all costs by any means. And essentially, that's what you have to do if you want to go back to that. You have to protect your own by any means. And people saying go back to it. I'm just trying to figure out, wait, where are you going back to? <laughs> where is it that you're going back to, my friend? Yeah. Where are you going back to? I mean, you talk about things like the Green Book, right? right. Where you have a list of places that you right. can stay, that you can go to oh, restaurants. Lovecraft. Go yeah. to. Right. You have that, right? But at the same time. When we're talking about this in modern times, we're talking about or or right now in 2020, we have not seen a black community undisrupted mm -hmm. be successful. Yeah. We have yet to see that. And I mean, just to your point about like, are you going to buy, buy black? Are you going to do these things? Today, you have the opportunity to bank black. You mm -hmm. have the opportunity to buy all your clothes from someone that may buy someone's black. Mm -hmm. Your 
mm. food, grocery stores. There's mm. black grocery stores. We don't even go out of our way to do that now than to say that you're going to strip back all of the things that you currently. That means you can't use Amazon, baby. No, you that, can't. That's that's white supremacy at work. Though. It is. Right. It like, is. That's white, that is the success of white it supremacy because they because they have convinced us like themselves and us. Right. That our proximity to whiteness is what the, is the answer, right? Yes. And so we even look at, you know, look amongst ourselves, look at, you know, where we grew up, where we live even right now, right? You know, like, um, we are, are yeah, like our, our ideas of success is just living close to white people. Yeah, everybody, all, listen, everybody that I know that, that has, that, that makes money, that has a, you know, a job, a family, they're raising their family in Plano, uh, Frisco, mm-hmm. they're going to, they're going to, uh, to, 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 uh, Wiley, there's all these new places that are popping up. Melissa, yeah. place I ain't never yeah. even heard of. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because where, where your dollar and your, and your purchasing power would go, like, that's, like, that's a tangible way that doesn't need the government, right? Yeah. To, yes. to just kind of just change your small, like your your circle of influence is just okay. That's fine. Move to South Dallas. Yeah. But all these all these all these uh these these California uh you know white people who have money and cash are buying the houses in the hoods that you grew up. That you go you go buy those houses. Yeah. You raise your kids buy there. Buy back the block. Yeah, yeah. Buy back the block. You know what I mean? Um. So look, I you know I I don't know if I gave an answer to this question. I think that 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 uh, integration has has been horrific. It has been for 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 black people, but. Do you prefer that over segre- going back and resegregating? Personally, I would say, <laughs> no, I would say like my perspective is a little bit. Sigh. I grew up in a black neighborhood. Like my experience was very black. So when I sometimes talk to some of my friends who grew up, like they, most of their teachers were white. So they remember their black teachers. Yep. I grew up very black. Yeah. All my teachers from middle school, from elementary school. <laughs> you didn't even time it right, bro. Right. <laughs> it was too late. <laughs> all of my teachers from elementary school to 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 middle school were all black. Mm. Everybody was black. And then when I got to high school, because I went to the school I wasn't zoned to, I went to like an academy, uh, whatever, in my district, I had more exposure to white students and yeah. I had more exposure to white teachers, but my teachers were still very diverse. I had black teachers. I had Hispanic, yeah. you know, uh, Middle Eastern teachers. Like I had a little bit of everything. Um, so for me, I was kind of like where I grew up. I grew up in Missouri City um, in Texas. And the part that I grew up in was old Missouri City before all the white people started moving into Missouri City. Or I guess moved back to Missouri City. And um, it was very black. So to me, my idea of growing up, I kind of grew up segregated. Yeah. Like yeah. I didn't have meaningful interactions with white people until I was like, 16. Yeah. See, so, if I, I can share some of my experience, because mine is the complete opposite. Um, I grew up going to private schools in North Dallas my entire life, commuting from Denton to Dallas to attend those schools. And geez. routinely at these schools, I'm one of, and mind you, the classes were like very small. My eighth grade class had like 12 people in it. So I was one of two black students there. If we were talking about the whole school, which was K through eight, maybe one of like 10, 15. I think there was about five or six students in my graduating class of Jesuit. So, mm. Yeah, like, and with that said as well, Jesuit. I don't know, yeah, right? Anybody that goes to school named Jesuit. Yeah, yeah, shout out to me, Jacob and Darvis. Wait, hold this one down, yo. Jesuit, oh boy. Yeah. I ain't know that. Appreciate y'all for making it work. No, listen. My father works for UPS. My mom is a teacher. You put them salaries together, they just busted their ass. Yeah. But I don't even think I've ever. 
Because I was thinking about this the other day when it, when it was going around. I don't know that I've had the pleasure and the luxury of being afforded a black teacher ever. Dang. Male, fail, and, and that's including college, including the victory laps I took before finishing college mm-hmm. and my master's program. I don't think I've had one black professor or teacher in my life other than my mother, who's a black teacher and her mother before. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to Cedar Hills, half black, half white. We had one of the top public school programs when I was there and. I don't really remember any of the black teachers outside. Of, if there were a teacher, there were also a coach. Outside of Thank that, you. Yeah, so outside not counting of that, that yeah. they were white. Um, I, I will say, though, but you having a black mother that was a teacher is, is, is sure. impactful in that sure. conversation. But, but, but I will say, like, there is something powerful about having black teachers because in my mind growing up, I just didn't see... I didn't see, and I don't know, I'd have to survey, you know, people that I went to school with, but I don't really think, like, with the people that I talked to that we growing up, there was no sense of like a black career versus a white career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When we were when, when I was in school, like I didn't really feel like, oh, yeah, white people do that and black people don't like there was no sense of that. Because in my neighborhood growing up, we had people that their parents were accountants or, right. you know, just it kind yeah. of ran the scale of lawyers. And then we had teachers and we had truck drivers like there was just a little bit of everything. Right. So I didn't really grow up with this notion of like black people can do this. White people have these careers. It wasn't until I got to high school. Where I was like, oh, there is really a divide here because I mean, you go to the grocery store in my neighborhood, it was all black, it was yeah. all black and Hispanic, yeah. you know, some some yeah. you know Middle Eastern people. Like it just it just mm-hmm. I did not have interactions with white people until much later in my life. So mm, okay, I mean, I feel like that, but that's kind of like that kind of informs like our you know like even without ever hearing from your teacher or from your principal or whatever, like just the structure informs white supremacy. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just the just the structure of what we're dealing with kind of informs the fact that, you know what, why have other communities kind of figured it out? Right. Like, why does every major city have a Chinatown that does, you know, yeah. d- d- that they get their food from from Asia? Right. There. To yeah. And everybody yes. will drive there and get their stuff. They'll yeah. you know, they'll go relax. Their hangout spots are out yeah. there. And. Uh, even even if they live in other places. in other places, like their their dollars are spent in these yeah. you know in these areas, and and you know you just kind of you know to go back to your point, Toyn, is that anytime that something like this has been attempted by black people, it's just been shut down, right? Yeah. Like that, just by one way or the other, whether it's not getting funding, right? Like just yeah. making it very very expensive to to borrow while black. Mm-hmm. Um, that's something we don't talk about very often, but it's very hard to do business. Yes. When you're paying, when half of your payments go into interest, you yeah. know what I mean, um, and you're getting that interest because you're black, you know, yeah. like that's just that's that's crazy, yeah. you know. Um, and so, like, there are these systems that um, are trying to kind of are battling us, right? But I, there is a simple solution to this, right? Like, all of us who are taking our monies and buying our three, four hundred thousand dollar houses up north don't have to do that. Like, that's no. a choice that we are making, right? Um, and we could just make a different choice, you know, yeah, and then maybe I have the privilege of not having make to make that choice because I don't have kids. Yeah. Because ultimately, you know, you, yeah. you're thinking about your kids. Yeah, yeah. But I think people another aspect of people making that choice is um, I think like the coordinated campaign against blackness in this country is very is very strong. It's, it's a, effective. It's, it's effective in the sense that, you know, you might have money and say, OK, I'm not going to go up north. I'm going to come. And then your your own, you know, family members or friends who are also black are saying, well, those places aren't safe. <laughs> exactly. Right. So have you been here? There's crime. <laughs> There's so much crime. Those places aren't safe. Well, the schools aren't good and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, 
that's that's all on purpose. Yeah. Like yeah. the idea that there's more crime. Well, there's more cops there because there's more black people, yeah. so they're coming yeah. to our neighborhoods more. Yeah. So they're over over policing is also another huge tactic against scaring people away from places that we right. could actually improve with our dollars. Or right? you got like even your schools, you got schools that are majority minority teachers, majority majority minority students, and you're getting tested by white, white people. people. Right. It's yeah. standardized testing, which is Wild. Jimmy has yeah. seven right. fishes when he goes to the dock with his dad. Yeah. So why do Jimmy you, ain't never gone fishing with his dad? <laughs> okay. So what, so how, what do you expect? What do you expect the the outcome to be for these stupid ass tests that you're making these schools take? And I exactly think, what they wanted to yeah. be. Yeah. And, and people exactly have talked about that, be. and there's been yep. no meaningful movement. No. Towards changing any of that. No. And then you got the the actual bodies that control the the grading of your school, which are all white. Yeah. Right. School boards, everything. Yeah, everything, everything is yeah. white, man. They're te- like even my like me going back to high school, I didn't really know about historically black colleges. The only one you knew about was PV. Yeah, they came to our school. You have all these other white schools, and you have PV that's just there by themselves. Not even TSU, which is twenty minutes beside PV. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you didn't hear about it. And if you did hear about, oh no, it's not a good school. You should go to one of these. That's just like another form. Is like if I would have been exposed to historically black colleges i would have been i would have been more i would have gone like i had a we had a mutual friend that that we graduated with he went he went to howard for dental school like when i went up there i was like what is it like why did i go here this is all the process of accreditation is but it's tough biased (laughs) i I, I will say this uh last thing uh chad i'm gonna let you get the last word in Mm because you are a guest but uh, as as uh, Africans, so um, a, a lot of you know us three here are Af- are African. Um, like one one problem to this, you know, one part of this problem is the fact that as Africans, like that you 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 find that our parents have identified with whiteness yeah. mm-hmm. much more than they've identified with American blackness. Yeah. And that's part of the problem, right? They like were if you, colonized. Yeah, I mean, they were colonized, and that's colonization at work. That's yeah. white supremacy at work. But yeah. this idea that you left your people and came here and saw people that look like you and were just like, nah, I'm not, I can't not fuck them. with them. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to fuck with it though, with old Harold at the job. It's yeah. like, come yeah. on, man. And, and what's funny is that to circle all this back around is that we have a land that we can go build on yeah. ourselves. Yeah. But yet we want to fight here just for a simple right of like of existence. Yeah. Why don't we go back and go build back at home? We don't have enough time to unpack that yeah, conversation. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I would say- oh, yeah. Before Chad gets question, the though. last word, uh, America is ghetto. Is <laughs> <laughs> that third world country? Y'all already know. Uh, Lagos, December 2020. You already know. 2020 in COVID? You already know. I'm going to be in Nigeria. Hey, Shout hey, the, out. The, I'm there. The border's open, so we can go. <laughs> There's a whole country in Africa I'm named after. Oh, Chad. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah, that's right. Man, Lock Nation, right. but we are right. here. Yeah. <laughs> Um, f- funny because they speak French. We were talking about speaking no. French. Right? <laughs> I guess that would have helped. Um, man, for the last word, I'll say this. So much of what we discussed today, um, as it pertains to politics, as it pertains to segregation, our schooling, our individual experiences growing up, so much of this is a reflection of the system that's currently in place and the structure that is in place. Um, it emanates to every part of society, right? Yeah. Like, these are structural issues. These are systemic problems. It's not a binary of good guys versus bad guys. This is stuff that affects everyone, even people who think it doesn't affect them. Yeah. So with all of that said, the only real way to produce change, and this is not uh, me advocating that people vote 
to keep the system as is. No, short of us all packing up and leaving and going elsewhere or making this look real ugly, which I don't want to see. Like that's, it could be fun to talk about or whatnot, but people have wives, kids like, nah, I I don't want to see any of that. So I would just encourage everybody, please go vote. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you don't see somebody on the ballot right now who reflects your thoughts and opinions, can consider do you want a movement or do you want a monument vote for the that's person it. that's going to allow your yeah. movement to persist mm. and while that person who might not be the most desirable choice for you Joe Biden Joe Biden Joe Biden <laughs> understand <laughs> that you can still play a role in holding that person accountable yeah. and this is very much a long term thing but holding that person accountable holding that party accountable if we're talking about Democrats and from there like whether it's you running yourself or whether it's somebody else that you support like building the change from the inside in. Yeah. Because none of this change is just going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And that's the only way to do it. Or look, if we all want to pick up goat, please let me know. Tell me 15 minutes ahead of time. Hey, hey, actually on time. We got, we got, got, hey, we got land. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let, me, let me know which one it is. But if we're going to stay here, vote. Yeah. Yeah. And vote after that. Yeah. I, I, that was a good last word. Yeah. It's, it's a, what was it? What, that's our show title. What a, is it? A, a movement or a monument. Movement or a monument. Movement that's or dope, monument. man. Uh, so this has been uh, our latest episode of Walk From Home. We uh, appreciate our guest, uh, Chad. Last Thank name? Thank having me. Pendarvis. Pendarvis, Where man. Where find you? Uh, let's see. Throwing up occasional thirst traps on Instagram. Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> And um, just my name. Jeff yeah, we'll, 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 we'll tag it uh, on our Instagram at woke from underscore home, at Twitter at woke from home, uh, at Facebook. Still don't have one. Uh, that's Toyin's task. Uh, we'll, get that, we'll get that set up. Yo, appreciate it. Keep sending them DMs. Uh, keep talking to us. We love, we, we love y'all. Uh, Till next week. Yeah, man. You can't spell truth without the Ruth. Oh, hey. Hey, my girl RBG. Hey.